Plum Creek, and we are a place where you matter. Our mission here is centered around change lives, changing lives. We believe this happens through three relationships, intimacy with God, intentionality with family, and influence with others. God has something He wants to say specifically to you wherever you are. Our hope is that you will leave encouraged and closer to Him than ever before. We'd love to connect with you online at PlumCreekOnline.com or on social media where you can see how Plum Creek is impacting our community and what opportunities we have for you and your family to get connected. If you'd like to support the ministry we're doing here in Castle Rock, the two easiest ways are through the Give tab on our website or via your mobile device by texting your dollar amount to the number on the screen. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you'll enjoy this message. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. Well, good morning, everyone. How are you? Happy Father's Day. Thanks for being here this weekend. Uh, I also want to say thanks to our board and our executive team for uh, just uh, strategically planning for staff health and and uh, the way that you guys thank you uh, for caring uh, for us the way you do. I'm honored to, to uh, be one of your pastors, and uh, what a great thing. I'm looking forward to reading and uh, spending some quiet time, uh, praying without a lot of pressure, and a couple of great trips to some mentors and some pastors that I have relationship with and, and uh, have great respect for, so it's uh, going to be a, a good time away. And I want to say thanks as well <clears throat> to everyone that served and was part of our Vacation Bible School. Uh, Pastor Emily's sitting right over here. Can we thank her and her entire team? Absolutely amazing. <clears throat> so fun. Thank you, Emily, for the way you guys lead. <clears throat> and uh, I, so many things that I could highlight about our Vacation Bible School that fire me up, but there's one that I just want to tell you that is, whoo, man, awesome. So there were two 20-year-old college students that took the helm of the platform responsibilities, doing all of the teaching and making sure that uh, from the platform things went well. And guys, listen, you know how when you watch your children do something great and your chest kind of swells a little bit and you hold your head a little higher and you're like, that's my kid. You know how that feels? These are two students that have grown up here at Plum Creek and have been here since they were 10 or 11 years old to see the product of uh, their intentionality and their walk with the Lord, the call that they now have on their life for ministry and to do such an excellent job doing that. Dylan sitting right over here, whoo, proud of you, bro. And Caitlin, who's across the hall serving right now. These are phenomenal kids, so grateful. What an amazing thing. So we're spending five weeks of the summer taking a quick look at each of the 10 commandments. We're gonna go fast, we've been hitting two every week. Pastor Kyle did a great job last week with two of them. Uh, one of the challenges that we have in our culture today is that it's um, very common for folks to say this list of 10 is very important. 
still binding, still important, still rules that we should live our lives by. Would you agree? <clears throat> Yet at the same time, statistics show that 15% of our population uh, can list, or that only 15% of, of our population can list more than five of those 10 commandments. And so we want to fix that. A couple years ago, back in 2010, I taught you a little way to remember this. So we're hitting it again. And I want to make sure that you can do this. You're going to remember them in order after this. So hands up. Here we go. Nobody's cool enough to not know the Ten Commandments. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Close one eye. Make me disappear like you did when you were in college with your professor, perhaps. No other gods before me. Say it. Hand up or finger up in the air. No idols. What would we use our middle finger for? Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Say that one. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Now, hold your hands up. We count backwards. One, two, three, four, five, six. Good counting. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Say that. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. This is the small one. Hold your hand like this. We're going to honor our mother and father and our days will be long. <clears throat> Ready? Come on now. Oh, Jesus, barely better than the six o'clock. Come on. Good. Thou shalt not kill. Ring finger. Don't commit adultery. Say that one. <clears throat> don't steal. And the way we remember that is if we were going to reach out and take something, we would use that long finger. Say, don't steal. Now it gets real easy. You hold your hand up like this, and it reminds you of an L, which means don't lie. And then a C, don't covet. Good. You got all 10. Give yourselves a hand. <clears throat> we'll keep working on those. <clears throat> now, the first four commandments that we've looked at so far, it's interesting how it's broken down. The first four deal with our relationship with God. Do you see that? Know the gods before you, no idols. Don't take the Lord's name in vain and remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Those four deal directly with our relationship vertically with our Heavenly Father. Now, the next six that we're going to be covering together uh, deal with our relationships with each other, the way that we interact with those around us. And so, appropriately, we land today uh, on a commandment that uh, is, is, I wish you, I could tell you we planned it this way, <clears throat> but on Father's Day weekend, we're talking about honoring our mother and our father. And if we do that, our days will be long. So I want to say happy Father's Day. This is a different Father's Day for me. This is the first one in the history of my life where daddy's not with us anymore, uh, which brings lots of emotion and uh, thought and definitely miss the opportunity to be able to have dad here. Uh, for some of you, you understand. Uh, perhaps you've been in that, uh, that mode for a while. Um, maybe for some of you, this is your first year that way too. I know that Father's Day can bring different emotions for different folks depending on their circumstances and situations. Perhaps there's some brokenness in your relationship with your dad or your relationship with your kids. Uh, maybe there was a desire and a passion to be a daddy and it hasn't worked out. Uh, there's lots of reasons why this could be a tough day and we're gonna, we're gonna pray here in just a minute. Lord, thank you for our dads. And I know today brings all kinds of different emotions, um, some good and some challenging. Um, I thank you for my dad. I thank you for his influence on my life and on my brother's and sister's life. And I thank you that you are called our Heavenly Father. 
And I know for some that's hard to get your arms around because of your experience. But in spite of all of our insufficiencies and perhaps mistakes that we've made and difficulties that some have had to to lean through, that does not change the fact that you are our perfect Heavenly Father. And we thank you for that. For all the daddies that are here, I pray that you will give us wisdom to know how to parent well, to father well, and to never underestimate the power of our voice and most importantly, the power of the example that we live before our children. Uh, We love you, Lord. In your name we pray, amen. Exodus chapter 20 is where we find the list of the 10 commandments. Today we find ourselves, first of all, in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, and this is where we see commandment number five, honor your father and mother, then you will live long, live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. The word honor means to be heavy. In Old Testament days, this was very important because heavy or weighty mean uh, kind of communicated importance. So the basic idea of honor is this, to treat someone with respect because they carry a heavy weight of authority. Uh, You are to treat them with respect because of their God-given position as parents over you. Now, as we were talking just a moment ago, I know for some this is uh, easy because you had what you would describe as being amazing parents. Nobody had perfect parents, but amazing parents, parents who were always there for you, that were supportive of you, that spoke life into you, that believed in you and helped you to become all that you are today and taught you life lessons that you are now working hard to instill in your children as well. So treating them with respect and honor was and is an easier thing for you to do. But unfortunately, there are others here today uh, that grew up with a very different kind of parents, maybe parents that were absent, uninvolved. Uh, Maybe your parents um, went through a difficult divorce and it complicated things. Or maybe one or both of your parents had issues or challenges, addictions that made your relationship with them more challenging. Any one of these facts and literally hundreds of others would obviously affect your relationship with, with your parents. So I know the whole idea of honoring one's parents is going to be hard for some of us today and easier for others. But here's what's important for us to kind of understand, not kind of, but for sure to understand today. And I realize this could be a challenge. All of us need to know that any of our parents' failures in being all that they should be and should have been does not excuse us from obeying this fifth commandment. You see, there's no other little caveats or asterisks or explanations. It just says that we are called to honor our mother and father. So my main thought today is this, honoring mom and dad isn't an option. Honoring mom and dad isn't an option. Please hear what God, first of all, is not saying. He's not saying that you have to be best buddies with them. He's not saying that you have to put yourself in unsafe situations with them. He's not saying that you need to forget what has happened or is happening because we know we won't forget. He is not saying you need to listen to them if they are giving you ungodly counsel. But God is saying that obeying this command is in your best interest. God is saying that we are capable of obeying obeying it even when it's difficult. The command to honor is not dependent on the way that your parents performed. It is actually independent of that because honoring mom and dad isn't an option. So how do we do it? How do we do that? 
I want you to write a couple things down. How do we honor mom and dad? Uh, number one, we speak well of them. We speak well of them. And I know this, 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 uh, this reminds me of a mentor that I had who said, even in the midst of criticism, you can find a nugget of truth. And so for all of us, uh, what I would challenge you to do is if it's more difficult than maybe you would have thought to speak well of them, find something. Find a nugget of truth in there somewhere. If you have a hard time, pray. Ask the Lord to give you some, some help there. Proverbs 20, 20 says this, if someone curses their father or mother, their lamp will be snuffed out in pitch darkness. It is a call on our lives to honor them, to honor them with our words. Speak well of your parents whenever you're given the opportunity to do this, do it. Look for creative ways to make that happen. Um, talk about them and talk to them. And I would tell you, being the first year that our family uh, is in a different place because dad's not here anymore, don't take the moments you do have for granted. Make sure that you make a phone call today. Write a letter. Um, somehow connect because you're not guaranteed that next Father's Day dad will be here. So make sure that you stay intentional with that. Think carefully about how you can communicate uh, with, your, with your dad. Speak well of your parents. So I honor my parents when I speak well of them. And then number two, when I listen and obey in all the parents said. Well, that was pretty good. I'm glad two of mine are here this morning, right? <clears throat> um, in the biblical mindset, the older your parents get, the more wisdom they should have attained and the greater your responsibility to obey their instruction. In Colossians 3.20, the Apostle Paul says this, children, always obey your parents for this pleases the Lord. I believe that all parents have been gifted by God, and if you listen well, to have an understanding and an insight into the real needs of your children. My kids know this. God speaks to me about them. I, told, I tell them this all the time. There is nothing scarier than a daddy that hears the voice of God. Yeah. <laughs> It's good, and sometimes it's proven, isn't it? It'll scare the crap out of you. Thank God that he speaks today and that if you listen, he'll wake you up, he'll give you a dream, he'll give you a thought, and then you take action and you're amazed at what God does. With, with being a parent comes a responsibility, a special understanding and an insight, just an intuition. You might even call it a mother's intuition sometimes too. This is true for all of us that are parents into the needs of our kids. Now listen, parents, look at me. There is an expectation then that comes with this responsibility. Uh, you have divine help in what you do. Thank God for it. It's the toughest thing that you will ever do. But with this divine responsibility or uh, divine gift that God has given us to raise our kids comes this responsibility to do it well, to live and parent honorably so your kids can honor you. My challenge to you is don't make it tough for your kids to honor you. Uh, don't let it just be something that you talk about in terms of your relationship with God. Show them by the way that you live, by the way you prioritize, by the passion that you live with, that your kids would be able to see your passion for our God, not just talk about it, but see it. Now, I want to talk to dads for just a second. You see, it's easy to kind of lean back on your responsibility here and forget how important it really is. Your voice matters more than you will ever imagine, but your actions matter even more. Your kids are watching, they're paying attention. They wanna see and know if you are for real or if you just talk a good game. 
So I want to challenge you today, live honorably. The hardest place to lead will always be yourself. Lead well. Surround yourself by the right people because I believe with great passion you can't be a man of God by yourself as well as you can be a man of God surrounded by others that will continue to challenge you and encourage you and support you to be the man that God is calling you to be. Daddies, listen, your role in your kids' lives matter. It will by far be the toughest thing that you will ever do. Take that responsibility seriously. And as the years pass and your role changes, you're still a dad. Don't ever stop. Stay passionate about learning what it looks like at each stage of life to be the very best dad that you can be. And that will honor God. You see, he, God knows that as little children, we're basically selfish and focused on ourselves. So he says, honor your mother and father. When we get a little older, and become teenagers, all of a sudden we're highly convinced that we know everything and our parents know nothing. And God says, honor your mother and father. Then as young adults, we begin to get focused on careers and families and God still says, honor your mother and father. So at every stage of our lives, this command applies, honor your father, your father and mother. And it's interesting that when Paul was talking about it, he said children, and what's the next word there? Always, always obey your parents for this pleases the Lord. I think no one gave us a better example of this than Jesus himself. At a wedding celebration at 30 years of age, his mom asked him to fix a wine problem, and we talked about it a couple of months ago in our miracle series, and he obeyed her. He did it. Rewind just about, I don't know, maybe 20 years before that, and Jesus was found by his parents teaching in the temple, and scriptures say after they found him, then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. Have you ever thought about that much? Let me ask you a couple questions. Did Jesus obey his parents because they were always right? What do you think? Say no, please say no. But now think about this, this will blow your mind. Was Jesus always right? Think that made it a challenge to obey? He's God and man, it's complicated. How about this one? Did he obey his parents because they knew more than he did? No, he was God and man, and again, it's more complicated. Okay, how about this third one? Did he obey his parents because they were morally superior to him? No, this thing is really crazy, isn't it? But what a great example he was to us. He obeyed them because he knew God the Father had given them to him as his parents. And that it's pleased his heavenly Father to honor them, so he did. So I honor my parents when I speak well of them, when I listen and obey, and number three, when I forgive them. You see, this is so important. Parents, I would also say that this, in, in, in this little uh, idea about what it looks like to honor our parents, uh, make this one easy too by asking for forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness. When you blow it, just say you blew it. Our kids need to know that we don't have it all figured out, nor does our role somehow preempt us from ever doing something wrong. Uh, admit when we've done things wrong. Uh, we come to a very big problem for a lot of people. How do you honor your parents who have hurt you and abused you? How do you honor an alcoholic father? How do you honor a mom who left? Colossians 3.13, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive everyone, anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Those are some pretty strong words. I could save you thousands of dollars of therapy today 
And here's how we do that. You're going to make some serious advances in your spiritual and emotional and relational well-being when you conclude that our parents are sinners just like we are and need to be forgiven. You see, it doesn't matter if their failings were big or small. We need to forgive them. And it's important for me to stop for a second. Any time that I talk about forgiveness, it's important to say this. So if you've been around, you've heard this before, but forgiveness and trust are not linked in Scripture ever. And see, the enemy will trick us into thinking that they are. That to forgive means I need to trust, but forgiveness is something that's given. Trust is something that's earned. And for those of you that are held back because of the, the crazy situations that you've lived through, the painful, the hurtful times where maybe mom or dad didn't step up and lead themselves or you the way they should, learn to forgive because you choose to forgive, but that does not mean that you put yourself in a place where you automatically have to trust again. No way. Forgiveness is given. Trust is earned. Never combined in scripture, never. Someone needed to hear that today. And they, we need to remember that God gave us the parents that we have and he is asking us with his power to honor them and honoring mom and dad isn't an option. So let's move on now. This is a great little uh, a double commandment this week. We transition from honoring mom and dad to this one. Oh, Gosh, I think maybe I need to cue you up better. I'm going to raise my left hand with my little finger that reminds us not to kill. Okay, thank you. So you're going to honor your mom and dad by not murdering anyone, okay? That's the only connection I have to the two today. So uh, here we go. Exodus chapter 20, verse 13, you must not murder. Now, the word murder in Hebrew, and I need you to hear this, means a wrongful killing. Very, very different uh, from capital punishment, war, or self-defense, completely different. Today we're talking about wrongful killing, the wrongful death of another human being. And some of you right now, I know what you're doing, you're breathing a huge sigh of relief. Oh, dog, thank you. Finally a commandment that I think I've got my arms wrapped around, I'm doing good here. I've never killed anyone, maimed anyone, stabbed anyone on purpose anyway, right? <clears throat> so we're breathing a sigh of relief. Finally a commandment that I think I've got handled. I hear you on this one. At first glance, it's easy to feel this way. And there's no doubt that if we took a vote on the Ten Commandments in our culture around us, this one would be at the very top of the list. People know that they're not supposed to kill, right? We know that. We're not supposed to murder. Yet, I believe this is probably the most misunderstood, misused, misabused, and misapplied commandment of all the Ten. We also live in a world, as you know, if you watch the news, where we need to hear this. Uh, statistics have shown that those that we know of, there are about half a million murders in our world every year. Somewhere around every 22 minutes in America, someone is stabbed, shot, beaten, or strangled to death. We read about it and, and, and watch it on the news. Um, racial tensions are at all-time high. We need to honor life. We need to honor life. God calls us to honor life. For the last several years, we're averaging right around 16,000 murders in our country a year. We have one of the highest homicide rates in the world, and God enters that scene, and he tells us, as he did all the way back in Exodus chapter 20, verse 13, you must not murder. So here's my main thought on this commandment. Be a life giver, not a life taker. Be a life giver, not a life taker. Now, you ready for this? We have some murderers here today. How do you feel about that? 
Probably starting to think, Doug, what are you talking about? We're going to go next level on this one. We're going to go what I call Jesus level. Because it's easy to look at this commandment and say, well, I've never killed anyone. I've never taken anyone's life. But you see, Jesus, when he was teaching about this, took it to a completely different place. And he said this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. You have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. Here's what Jesus is saying. This is not only exclusively just about a physical killing. There are also verbal killings happening around us all the time. So now we need to begin to think a little bit more carefully. We thought we were able to skirt away on commandment number six, but Jesus is saying, let me talk to you about issues of the heart here. You can kill with your mouth. Listen, I've done it. I've said things that I shouldn't have said that have been very hurtful to other people. And I've stood idly by and allowed others to do the same. This sixth commandment is a powerful one We break the sixth commandment when we verbally kill, when we verbally take someone's life who matters to God. Jesus was saying it's way more than just taking a life. We can do it with our mouth. I heard a story about these two dudes that were at a church and and, um, they were friends and something happened, got crosshairs with each other and one of the guys started spreading, spreading slander and gossip and untruth about this guy all over the community and was very hurtful. Uh, a couple of weeks later, he started feeling really guilty about what he did, so he came in to talk to his pastor, and um, his pastor, he just said, I just need to know what to do. I need to make this right. And his pastor said, well, before we get there, I have an assignment for you. And he said, okay. He said, I want you to take that feather pillow that you sleep on every night, and I want you to climb the water tower in our town. I want you to rip the pillow open, and I want you to wave it in the wind and let the feathers come, uh, go flying all over the place And when you're done, I want you to come back and talk to me. I was like, as far as penances go, I mean, climbing the tower might be a little scary, but I'm on it. So he did it. He came back to the pastor's office and he said, I did it. What's next? And he said, go back and get all the feathers. The guy said, I can't do that. He said, why? He said, they're everywhere. He said, yeah. Can't ever get back what you let loose like that, can you? He said, no. He said, it's just like your mouth. It's just like your words. It's just like the things you say that can be so hurtful that you'll never be able to take them back. Now go, never forget what I've taught you. Go now and make it right with this guy. I wonder today if you and I have any feathers floating around out there. Do you have feathers in your marriage? Do you have feathers around your place of work with the people that you work with? Do you have any feathers, students at your schools, with your friends? How about in your neighborhood? Do we have feathers in our life? Because you see the challenge that God has given us here in this commandment is to be a life giver, not a life taker. So this week, there's a couple things that I want you to do. The first one is this, come clean. Just come clean. This commandment is an important one 
I want to ask you a very direct question. Do you need to confess the sin of murder? Maybe not taking someone's life with your hands or with a weapon, but taking someone's life with your words. I'm going to tell you, as I did before, I've murdered people with my mouth. I've slandered before, and I've stood in silence before. This is not easy. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, it says this, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. That's where it all begins. Just tell God, you're a serial slanderer. And you need help. You need to have his check in your spirit before you speak. You need to think carefully about the way you're using your words. Be a life giver, not a life taker. So this week, not only do you need to come clean, but I also want to challenge you, challenge myself to watch my words. Watch my words. Pay attention to what you say. Are the things that you're saying giving life or taking life? For the last several months, you've heard me challenge you that as you're reading through scripture, find those verses that you need to use as words for your prayer. And so I wanna share one with you today that I want you to write down and I, as an assignment, want you to pray this psalm throughout the course of this week, Psalm 19, 14. It's a powerful one that says this, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. If we would just take time this week to focus in on this psalm and pray those words that the psalmist wrote, asking God to speak to us about being a life giver and not a life taker, God would be honored. Um, We all can struggle with this one from time to time, can't we? We thought we got off easy on number six, but we don't. Both of these commandments are Incredibly important, and I think today a challenge for all of us. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head for just a moment. And I want you to think about what we've talked about today, honoring your mother and father. And it comes with a promise that your days will be long. And to be a life giver, not a life taker. In particular today, being careful with the way that we use our words as well. In your own words, will you talk to God today? Just talk to him like you would a friend. In the stillness and the quietness of this moment that we have together, will you just ask him for your help or his help and ask him as well for forgiveness in areas where we've fallen short? Maybe today you need to ask him to give you the courage and the ability to forgive where you've been wounded by your parents. Um, Ask him to help you understand, truly understand in your heart the difference between forgiveness and trust to work hard to not combine the two of those where they need not be combined. Forgiveness is given, trust is earned. Take a couple of minutes. Just talk to him.
Now I'm going to ask our crew to put this verse from Psalm 19 back on the screen. And I want to show you kind of how I would do this one. You can do it your way too. God will speak to you. But let me show you what I see. On this verse, it's not always this case, but on this verse, I would like to start at the end. Being reminded that he is my rock. Very appropriate today when we talk about these 10 commandments. Um, There's no better place to build your life on than your rock. That's a strong foundation. But not only is he our rock, he's also our redeemer. And thank God that he is for all of those times and all of those ways that we fall short of his, of his uh, standard for living. And uh, I thank him that he is my redeemer because I become aware. That's what the law does, doesn't it? Helps you become aware of where you've fallen short and so grateful, so grateful for his redemptive work on the cross for us. The second thing or the third thing that I see is the first part of that verse. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. Will you take a minute now? Just use those words to be your prayer today. Will you do that? Get a head start this week using the word. You can pray with your eyes open. He'll still hear you. Um, Take a look at the screen and now in your words, pray that psalm. Father, we thank you for this list of 10 things that matter to you. We know they're not conditions of a relationship with you. They're our response out of grateful hearts for all that you've done that become the way that we live. Today, we're challenged, Lord, and I I thank you that it's landed the way it has on this Father's Day. Again, we pray for our dads, but we pray for each of us that we would carefully consider and think about the way that we honor our parents. Father, we also today uh, thank you for the challenge to not be taking life, but giving life. Help us to do that this week. Father, we pray, just like this psalm challenged us, that we would build our lives on the rock, the solid foundation, and we would live forever grateful for your redemptive work. And God, collectively together, As a church this morning, we pray that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight. In your name we pray, amen.